Welcome to the Liberty Podcast. We're so excited that you're interested in the teaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church. We're a multi-site church that exists to share the love of Christ across Northwest Indiana. If you're looking for a church home, please check us out at our website, findliberty.net. Thanks again for joining us as together we're transformed by the teaching from the Word of God. This morning we get to wrap up the book of Philippians and our study through that book. And uh, we've been in it for quite some time. This is going to be Philippians 4, 14 through 23. If you have your Bible with you, whether it's paper, whether it's a screen, something on the screen, might be blocked a little bit by the castle. So you'll figure it out. You're, you're smart people. You're smart people. Closing words by the imprisoned Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. What are those words? Well, let's take a look at them. Philippians chapter 4, verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to show. And you Philippians know yourselves that in the beginning of the When I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I'm a pro at this. I'll just use the mic. This one. So I'll turn this off. Turn this on. Testing. There we go. I think this is the third time in a row this has happened to me. Praise God. (laughs) The outline for this morning is simple. Paul's reflection, Paul's resolve, and Paul's regards. Being mindful that Paul is writing this letter as he is imprisoned, most likely on house arrest in Rome. Now, when we think of house arrest in our context today, we think of, you know, getting that little band on your leg and you can kind of roam in a perimeter around your house, but you still have the comfort of your house to be in. In Paul's day and in the Roman system, it was not like that at all. You were given two things, guards to watch you 
in chains to bind you. Everything else, your basic necessities of life, your basic needs, food, shelter, and clothing, the prisoner was responsible to provide. So Paul, imprisoned, has great need. And Paul, imprisoned, previously in the passage that we looked at two weeks ago when Pastor Joe Katulski was in here, he still has contentment. He still is able to do all things because of Christ. And in this morning's text, jumping back into it, we're just going to go right through it. He says, yet, pointing back to what Paul just stated, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Into the next slide. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Yes, I have just stated that I have learned in whatever circumstance to be content, and I have learned that I'm able to do that because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. What is that trouble? Well, presently, he's imprisoned. But he goes on in the passage and it says, And you Philippians, yourselves, know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered in the partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Paul's reflection informs us that there were times in the past that the church in Philippi has extended generosity to him. This would be when he was on his missionary journeys. Paul went on three missionary journeys, and he would go and he would bring the gospel and the good news into the cities of the regions that he traveled. He would plant churches. He would depart, and then in, in uh, following journeys, he would visit to encourage, he would visit to address any issues that had risen, but now as he is imprisoned, he is writing letters to these churches to encourage, admonish, tell them that he loves them, tell them as, as he is doing, and the book of Philippians has been one of those letters. Paul visited Philippi on journeys two and three. And the book of Acts provides us with some details from that. On the screen is a map. I don't know how well you can see it, and it's a little pixelated. But if you look at the you know, green area, it kind of looks like a, you know, a pop bottle opener and a soda bottle, whatever you call it. And... Um, Galatia right there, and right where Galatia and Asia meet is where I want to kind of start of explaining how he got to Philippi, okay? You can read this in Acts chapter 16 and 17, and I would ask you to do that this afternoon. I'm not going to read it this morning because we don't have enough time, 
But as you read it, you will see some things that are amazing. Because this is um, the context of what he's talking about in verses 15 and 16 of our passage this morning. When you read it, you will see that they were heading and they were desiring to go into Asia, that pink country in the middle of the map. They were desiring to go into Asia, but the text says that the Holy Spirit forbid them from entering and from bringing the gospel into Asia. So they go north. They're like, maybe we can go to Bithynia, which is at the top center of that map. But the Spirit of Jesus kept them from going to Bithynia. And I can imagine along the road that there may have been some frustration. um, I know I would be frustrated. I'm like, God, we're out here doing your work, and all of a sudden these doors are closing. And so they go up through the northern region of, of, of Asia, and they come to the coast of the Aegean Sea in Troas. And it's in that city that Paul has a dream and it is a vision of a man from Macedonia pleading with them to come to Macedonia. Paul wakes up and he says, this is where we must go. This is Paul's first visit to Macedonia. Philippi is in Macedonia They go across the Aegean Sea. They go past the island of Samothrace and they go land into um, the coast and then they get to Philippi. Philippi is a leading city of that town. They go to Philippi and they go and they're there for some days and they go to a place that they think is a place of prayer and it was where the women of the city would gather and they took that opportunity to proclaim Christ to those women. Lydia is one of those women. She's from Thyatira. She is a keeper of, she is a maker of purple goods, clothing, luxurious. And they share Christ. She and her household are baptized. And Lydia supports the work of Paul while he is in Philippi. While they're in Philippi, you know, some of you may be familiar While they're in Philippi, they are out and they are speaking. Let me make sure I got it right here. They're out walking along the road. They're going to the place of prayer. And as they're walking along the road, there is a girl behind them who is demon-possessed. And she, is a, she tells fortunes and her owners or her handlers make a lot of money because of her. And she's shouting behind them. She's like, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. So you have Paul, Silas, and Timothy together. And she's shouting this out. And Paul just gets annoyed. He turns around and he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. So you have some people who have been making a lot of money through the fortune telling that she has done. They go and say, hey, these men advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept. So Paul and Silas are beaten a lot and thrown in prison in Philippi. 
And remember, they go in and they're singing hymns and they're praying and everyone in the prison is hearing them. There is a jailer that is there who kind of falls asleep. He was probably lulled to sleep by their singing. And then there's an earthquake at night. All of the cells open up. All of the chains fall off. For me, I'm like, that's a clear road out. (laughs) The jailer wakes up after the earthquake and notices that all of the cell doors are open, the chains have been released. He takes out his sword, ready to, to, to do himself in. Paul goes, hey, no, 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 we're still all in here. What? He comes in and he says, because he's been hearing what they've been saying and singing and praying. What must I do to be saved? So Paul and Silas share the gospel and share the good news with him. He and his household are saved and baptized. They go out. They go down to Thessalonica again, referenced in the passage that we're looking at this morning. Paul is preaching in the synagogues. They, the Jews, um, stir up this rabble of people and they want to take them. Paul and Silas escape. They take money from a follower of Jesus named Jason and let him go. So that's the context. The context of Paul with the Philippian church is not one of ease and it's not one of comfort. It's one of suffering, persecution, and affliction. And now he's writing to them on house arrest, suffering, persecuted, and afflicted. But the words that he communicates don't make us seem that he is unsuffering, that he is persecuted, because Paul has a resolve And by the way, the map, I'm horrible at geography. I'm not good with directions. Just ask my wife. I am so thankful that um, I have a GPS in my pocket, and it saves a lot of embarrassment. Um, I trust that as we traveled, you can picture in your mind what was going on. And so it's in this context that Paul is writing his parting words to the Philippians. Point two, Paul's resolve. He's saying, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. What gift? We'll get there in a little bit. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. The Philippians have supported Paul in the past through Lydia and and the church there. And recently, as he writes this letter, he's not necessarily writing them and saying, keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. He's like, I'm content with what I have. But the gifts that you have given me have enabled the gospel to go out. I am thankful for that. 
And he's also saying, what I did in your midst, be resolved to do that as I am away. You can do it. You can be faithful in the little and you can be faithful in the large. Suffering? Yeah. That may happen, but be faithful amidst it. Be fruitful through it. Trust the Lord. Next verse. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Epaphroditus was sent to Paul in Rome by the Philippian church to deliver Paul a much-needed encouragement, and it is assumed, and it can be assumed, that he came with a very large financial gift. He came with a very large financial gift that was given to them, given to him out of the generosity of the people in Philippi. But if we chose to focus on the gift other than the relationship that was built while he was there, we can kind of sterilize or, or, or take that out of that setting. And like you can't take the gift away from the relationship that they had. They're wed together. Epaphroditus, in chapter 2, for me it's a page back, in chapter 2, in verse 25, Paul wrote, and we've looked at this in chapter 2, verse 25, I've thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you, he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. Imagine what it would be like to be um, Paul in prison, chains, guards, fun times. Epaphroditus comes in, and there is all of the sudden an individual that you have mutual relationship with. They're able to pray together. They're able to worship together. They're able to weep together. They're able to plan together. They're able to be able, they are able for Paul to be there, Epaphroditus to go out, and in some way, we don't know how, Epaphroditus gets sick. Maybe been out in the road when he was sharing the gospel with someone, but he almost dies. There is a mutual relationship. The gift that was shared was very much appreciated and it helped further the gospel. 
But at the root of that was a relationship that both of them had with Christ. And then that they, they built that together in mutual community. Who is your Epaphroditus? Who is the person that has sat with you in your suffering? Who is the person that has helped you with your needs? Who is the individual that you can call at 2 a.m.? Conversely, who are the individuals that you are being Epaphroditus for? Who are the individuals that you are able to sit with them in their suffering? You're able to sit with them in their hardship, and you're able to sit with them in their grief, loneliness, and doubt. Do you have an Epaphroditus? Are you an Epaphroditus? This doesn't happen accidentally. This happens intentionally. This happens by being able to be a community of believers. We can come and we can sit. We can be seen. But are you known? And for those of us who have been here for years and years and years... Do we make ourselves known? Do we seek out one another? Do we support one another? And we don't know if Epaphroditus and Paul met when Paul was originally in Philippi, but we do know that Epaphroditus was a strong encouragement to Paul. Another way of asking it is what has God given you that you are able to be a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. That is a sacrifice. This doesn't happen by just coming, sitting, observing, and leaving. It comes by being in one, one another's lives. It comes by sitting in one another's homes. It comes by supporting one another. It comes by letting your needs be made known. Personally, for me, a very practical example is the previous time that I was able to preach in here, my parents sat right over here what I did not share with you were some details that are going on in my, my, with my parents. My dad, is, my dad has dementia. And the ability for people in this body to share with, with me their experience, and to share with me their encouragement, that is so helpful. That is so encouraging. That is so beneficial. And it's that mutual relationship. It's not just in this room. 
It goes out through the hallways and out through the week and out in our communities. Thank you so much for the encouragement that many of you have been to me. Thank you. Moving on. If I had two hands free, I could do this a little bit easier, but there we go. Paul's resolve. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul has a knack for calling our attention back to the bedrock foundation, doesn't he? He is resolved to call us back to the truth that God holds all things to disperse as he sees necessary. He, he portions according to his will, and then he gives us the, the opportunity to use what he has blessed us with to bless and enrich one another. And it's not just money. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have a gift. If you are a follower of Jesus, he has given you a gift. We want to know what that is. Because when that gift is used, it makes us better. When that gift is used and when that gift is put into action, whether it is encouragement, listening, there are things that are done up front and more visible and there are things that are done behind the scenes but are as equally as helpful and encouraging. What is your gift? How are you using it? He is resolved to call us back to the fact that this is all about God's glory, his riches in Christ Jesus, Christ first, Christ foremost. Lastly, Paul's regards. He said amen, but it's kind of like when you say amen and you forget some stuff. You're like, oh, I forgot about this. I'm going to add this on. I don't think that's what he did, but... Paul's regards are not a formality. In them are both um, resolve and encouragement. He says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. The brothers who are with me, those who are also imprisoned with me, in other words. We are praying for you. We are cheering you on. Be faithful. Be fruitful. All the saints greet you. He's saying not just the ones in chains. And then it's almost like with a corner of the mouth smile, he pens. Especially those of Caesar's household. Why does it have that corner of the mouth smile? 
Because Caesar, the sovereign ruler of the known world, has had Christ infiltrate his ranks. Because Caesar, in his seemingly unlimited power, could not stop the spirit of Jesus from coming into his household. How? Because of Paul's imprisonment, he, was, he has been faithful and fruitful, and he has found contentment in little and has been faithful in the hard. And so he looked at those who were guarding him, and he has been able to share his faith with them. And earlier in the book, he's like, it's because of my chains that the entire Praetorian guard has been able to know about Jesus. He has took hold of that suffering. He has took hold of that persecution. And he said, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to be fruitful. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be fruitful. Because of Jesus. It's because he has found his identity in Christ. He's able to identify with Christ in his sufferings. And through Christ, he can do all things. Paul's example of suffering, of experiencing persecution, is formed through following Christ's example. Paul is a persecuted Christian. The one who used to hand out the persecution when he was Saul, is now the one being persecuted as Paul. And he is content. I am concerned for the American church. Because we want the blessings of God. And that's a good thing to desire. But we shy back from the promised persecution that Jesus told would happen. And I believe that we may have even defined what those blessings look like. Bigger, better, numbers. Behold the, the cross in the Bible in one hand, and we hold the American flag in our rights in the other hand. And we conveniently get to pick which one we do at any given time. It is a difficult dissonance. It takes wisdom. It takes discernment. It takes listening to the voice of God through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Like the trust that, that like the dependence on the Holy Spirit that Paul, Silas, and Timothy had as they heard like, nope, 
Don't go into Asia. Nope, don't go into Bithynia. Go to Troas. Go to Macedonia. It's difficult because we have loved ones who have laid down their life for our country. And we have a Savior who has laid down his life and taken it back up again for our eternal souls. Like David, didn't, didn't Paul even use his Roman citizenship and claim that at times to get a fair trial? Yes, you are right. But he used it as an opportunity to share Jesus with anyone and everyone who he then gained access to the rulers and authorities and everyone. And it eventually led him to Rome where he died. And as we're able to see to our neighbors to the north, persecution is at our doorstep. Who or what will be first and foremost? What Paul is saying to us is that He is content with what he has. He is good with what he has, even amidst that suffering. My suffering this morning is that my microphone didn't work. I guess a good way to ask is, we can use our citizenship in this country in amazing ways to proclaim the gospel. And it's not throwing away one and holding on the other, but who is going to be first and foremost in our life? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The old hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Are we seeking safety and comfort that will choose, that will help us make our, that will guide our decisions? Are we able to courageously follow Jesus? So, takeaways. As you reflect and I've asked, like, who is your Epaphroditus? Who are you Epaphroditus to? This is all done in a mutual relationship. Do you have that here? 
Do you have that mutual relationship here? I trust that most of you do. And if you don't, we would love, love for that to be the case. What is your gift? How is that able to mutually encourage? You can go to findliberty.net, click on the little tool, the menu bar, go down the next steps, and then go to serve. And you're able to take a, a, a spiritual gifts assessment. You're like, I don't even know what it is. There you go. It's a simple way to start. May we be resolved to stay faithful, to be fruitful in Christ, giving of ourselves, giving of our time, giving of our talents, giving of what God has blessed us with. And regards, when you stare at the end of your days, what will be the tune of your heart? What will be the tune of your heart? Will you be able to look back amidst all of the stuff that you have gone through? The good, the bad, the hard, the easy. And say, I am content because of Jesus. I am content because of him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your generous gift to us. We thank you for your son, that gift. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for one another. God, may we be emboldened and courageous to step into community and relationship with one another. May we be able to serve others. May we allow others to serve us. May we be emboldened with the gospel to go and love others. May we not shy away when the difficult times come. And we pray these things all in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. If you'd like more information on our church or a place to connect, you can check us out on the web at findliberty.net.